So this is a podcast first. I'm recording the intro for the episode directly after it was recorded. And I'm doing that for two reasons. One, I'm enjoying this sabbatical and I have time to do stuff like this. So thank you for supporting me along that journey. If you're a, a Patreon subscriber, and if you're not, you can go to patreon.com forward slash podcast to help me keep living the dream and bringing you excellent guests like this week's guests. Every single episode of this podcast has been um, an amazing experience for me. I love chatting with everybody. Not all of them get real. This one gets real, gets personal. And yeah, it's, 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 a real, it's, an, it's a real inspirational, crazy story you're about to embark on. Um, and yeah, I just want to say thank you to uh, Cynthia Cherish Malloran, a.k.a. DJ Cherish the Love for sharing her amazing story. I like, I want to talk about it, but I, why would I talk about it now and, and bury the lead? You got to, is that how you use the term bury the lead? I don't know. Either way, we're going to get into this chat. Um, you're going to really enjoy it. It's an amazing story. Amazing. How many times can I say the word amazing? I'm like the, the, the adjective guy, right? I should have more words than amazing. Um, new drinking game, find dumb stuff that I do or say, and turn it into a drinking game. And then you can listen to PodMod with your friends and laugh together at and with me. Let's listen to a track from our guest, um, called the synth says, fuck you. As we, uh, continue this intro. Velocity is coming up October 5th, modular Seattle and Patchworks presents Velocity Substation October 5th. Divkid's going to be here soon. Eli from Mystic Circuits is going to come and be my house guest. Eric Schlappy's going to come up. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to hang out with all these people. Nathan Moody's going to be here. Our Benny's going to be here. I get to meet so many people that I've that I've uh, had awesome conversations with and have continued to uh, you know foster a friendship, even if it's only online. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it's going to be great to meet everybody in person. Banahaf Far is going to be here. Um, it's basic, I mean, and then we're going to have a bunch of local, local people doing, uh, you know, little demos. It's an all day thing. The first part of the day is free. Um, and I'll be ending that free, that free session. That first half of the day is ending with a live modular modcast. Who's going to be on the show with me? Um, so far. Ben Divkid Wilson, Ben Hafar, Basic. Um, I'm going to try to get Nathan Moody in there. I don't know who is all totally lined up on it. I should know this, um, but we're still ironing out the details. So if you have any questions for any of these people that I just named, send them my way at podmodcast at gmail.com and I'll try to ask them while we record that live session. Hopefully my chapel performance went well. By the time you're hearing this, I will have already performed it, but I have yet to build the patch yet. So we'll see how that goes. Speaking of patches I've built, the one that you hear right now is the one that I built for my performance on KSER 90.7 FM. This is not the one that I did on the radio. This is the one that I did when I got home because I screwed up the one on the radio. But if you would like to listen to this um, every day, you can head to 
Bandcamp, modularmodcast.bandcamp.com, and and pick this track up. And that's a way you can support the show if Patreon doesn't uh, doesn't seem appealing to you. So yeah, I'm also pretty excited to say that uh, I've been chatting with with uh, Eric Needham from Needham Woodworks, and my my case is getting close. And he informed me yesterday. I thought I was getting a 12U case. I'm getting a 16U 120 HP wooden case. And I know I've been talking about this for a while. It's like, well, you haven't got it yet? Well, here's why. Because he builds these by hand with care. And he doesn't have a form factor. No one is like the last. That's, I don't know. In, in today's world, I feel like that's just so rare. Everything's so mass produced. So to have something from somebody who's working so hard, he puts in like 14-hour days like six or seven days a week to, to make these cases. And if you go to Needham Woodworks on Instagram, you can see pictures of them. They're amazing. So if you're in the market for a new case and you want a beautiful piece of furniture, please go check out NeedhamWoodworks.com N-E-E-D-H-A-M Woodworks.com Also go check out Patchworks.com our local synth shop here in Seattle doing so much for our community. Um, it's, it's crazy how many how they've just really fostered the whole scene up here just brought everybody together because uh it's not only a shop but they do uh they do demos live events workshops it's they got it all so go to p-a-t-c-h-w-e-r-k-s.com to learn more about patchworks and buy some stuff from them and if you get something from them tell me about it Ooh, disting mark four another new firmware i think that's four on the year i believe it's the fourth firmware update but yeah we're going to get in some demos with that um but again if you can help me out on patreon.com forward slash podular modcast i'd really appreciate it i'm halfway through my second week of this sabbatical and so far i think i can get through about six weeks but i really don't have to go put my name back on the books down at the union hall and go back out and become an electrician again i know that's not your problem that's not your problem that's my problem but if you want to help, I'm get, I'm doing so much more stuff too. Having this time during the day has been able to just make me do, has allowed me to do so much more. Um, and some of that stuff's coming up soon. I'm, I'm working on it, but it's kind of these ideas that have been bubbling in my head for a while that I haven't had time to get to because the only time that I had to work on the podcast, I had to record the episodes and ed- edit them because that is, you know, that's what the show is. But I want to do this bonus stuff and this, this extra stuff. And I'm going to stop rambling now. Let's get into a demo. So we're going to get in a demo for the Disting Mark IV. We just got a new firmware update. Um, with This is 4.13. Um, but I know some of you are thinking, oh, there's so many there's so many updates, you know? Like, oh, I don't want to... So I'm just going to show you how fast you can do it. Okay, I'm going to go download the file. Okay, expertsleepers.co.uk. Download. Okay, the zip file is already there. All right, cool. Well, I just extracted that file to, or uh, unzipped that file to my desktop. Okay, now I'm going to get my micro SD card out, and I am going to load this image, or this yeah, image hex file uh, onto, there we go, onto the card. Now I'm going to eject the card, and with the disting powered off, I am going to 
plug this little guy back in, which is probably the most time-consuming part because I have a hard time using my, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, digital de dexterity to get the card in there. Okay, the card is in. I'm going to hold down the encoder and power on my case. It's going to ask me to confirm. I'm going to release the encoder. Now it's flashing and doing crazy stuff. And uh, it is... Success. Now I turn my power off and back on. And we have Disting Mark 4 version 4.13. That is how easy it is. So let's take a look at one of the new algorithms for the Disting Mark IV 4.13 firmware update. Mono to stereo chorus. That's pretty fun. So let's just bring up this telharmonic. This is a completely dry signal. And let's start fading that chorus. It's at a very slow speed right now. You go to the 100% wet, and we'll bring that speed down. So you can go from classic chorus to absolute insane chorus, which is pretty cool. Alright, let's, uh, let's do something a little more interesting with it. Alright, we'll try something a little nicer. We'll get some of the nicer side of the chorus. I've got the pan harmonium um, going into the expert sleepers mono to stereo chorus and then uh, into the chrono blob too because a little bit of delay makes everything better. So let's check this out with no chorus. nice and now we'll turn our depth for our chorus uh, really low this is just five out of 99 so let's just start bringing that in and we'll start bringing this depth up a little bit let's bring it up to 10 and we'll bring it up to two let's bring it to 15. Okay, we're starting to get into carnival territory again. Let's just bring it up to 40, 45 to really show that carnival territory. Territory, and uh, let's do the 100% wet mix. 
let's bring that depth back down. I bet about 15 sounds pretty dang good. Yeah. the dry signal. Let's bring that nice mix again. Simple but effective. That's, uh, that's kind of chorus this thing, isn't it? Simple but effective. You can't play with a chrono blob without doing this. So something I haven't mentioned up till now is there are eight parameters that you can adjust with uh, very easy menu diving. I wouldn't even call it diving. You just click the encoder and it switches your, your menu through your parameters. And that's LFO depth, which we've already messed with. Um, you can do Y offset, feedback, low pass filter, delay time, fine delay time, stages, and saturation. So I have two distings. I'm going to show you why having two is better than one. I'm not going to get super in-depth on any of those uh, extra features. They're all pretty standard. You probably understand what they are. So I'm going to use the original signal from that last little piece that we were listening to. So that's the one. Uh, it's the panharmonium into a VCA uh, going into the stereo or mono to stereo chorus and then into the chrono block. That's fun. So my other disting I have also in the mono to stereo chorus mode, and I went in and I messed with the Y offset and the delay time. So this one isn't going through a VCA, it's just going directly into some reverb and then into two other channels. So let's bring that into the mix. I think that sounds pretty cool. I'll turn the original. So the original is down to uh, de a 10 on the depth of the chorus, which is the speed. And then I'm going to turn the, uh, the second distinct up to 30. Sounds pretty wacky. I'm going to bring the second one down to a nice Michael Jordan, 23. That sounds cool. Now let's switch the uh, the waveform on the the panharmonium. It's kind of in like a dual sine thing. Let's just bring it to a triangle so we can add some harmonics to it. What happens if we go 100% wet on both? <laughs> let's turn one. Uh, depth up high and one down pretty low. Actually, I'm going to do the opposite. I, I, I'm going to turn the one that's through VCA. I'm going to turn the depth high and I'm going to turn the one that's not into VCA. Turn the depth down. I think that's a little more dramatic. And let's go back to a mixed signal. Super, super cool. I'm <laughs> sorry. Uh, I just got excited. I'm digging this chorus. Um, yeah, go to expertsleepers.co.uk to learn more and keep an eye on these firmware updates. And you saw how fast and easy it was to update them. 
I've updated two, and it took me less than 10 minutes. Yeah. Let's get into this chat. It does not. It's, it's actually something I should probably do. Um, I don't even have an external hard drive, and that's. I feel like I need to remedy that really quick. Oh, my God. That just stressed me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, everybody who's my friend in the, like, in the music, in my music life, yeah, kind of just looks at me like, really? You don't, you don't do that, huh? I have a couple big uh, USB sticks that I kind of spread stuff around, but yeah, I just got to pull the trigger on that. Oh my God, that's freaking me out. That's like, um, there should be a, a term for that, like, like. Digital self-love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because right now what am I, I'm, I'm a digital maverick if I want to spin it in a, uh, in a positive light. But <laughs> So risky. I like it. Yeah, I, okay. I'm going go, to go to the store. <laughs> so, All right. I think I'm running. So here we go. Cool. i got red lights everywhere. Sweet. Awesome. So we have Cynthia Cherish Maloran. Am I saying that right? Maloran. Maloran. You know, mm-hmm. it was in between the two, and I was like, I'm going to go. Okay. I know. It's tricky. There's so many A's. I get it. AKA DJ Cherish the Love. Um, so That's right. Cherish, thank you for joining me today. Um, we have so much stuff to get through. Um, I try not to do too much research on the guests because I like to find out naturally through the conversation. But I, everything that I would see about you through Instagram or, or just any of your posts, I was just like, there are a lot of layers here. I better do. So I did some cursory <laughs> research and I have some, I have some, some hot points I want to hit, but I'd like to start with, with your history, your musical history dating back as early as you want to go and how you got to here now. If you want to talk about influences or influential moments, it's really however you want to oh, interpret wow. the question. So cool. I love telling any part of my music history story. Cause like you said, it's really layered. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what is so great about music because it weaves in and out of your life in ways when you need it. Mm-hmm. And I guess it, you know, it starts for me. I'm Filipino American born and raised conceived, born and raised here in the East village in the same apartment. Actually, I wasn't born in the apartment. I was born like across the street in the hospital, but <laughs> conceived in the same, I'm in the same apartment that I was born in, you know, wow. like raised in. That's so cool. So it's pretty rare, you know, so I can say that even though I don't sound like I'm from New York, <laughs> uh, I am a native New Yorker. A lot of people have said, you, you don't sound like you're from New York. You sound like CNN. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but okay, I'll take it because, you know, it doesn't sound like an insult. So that's funny. Like any typical Philippine American kid where, you know, I'm trying to find a nice word to say forced. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're encouraged to play the piano mm-hmm. or a string instrument or something like that. And basically, you know, your parents want you to learn this thing. You think it's for like your, your, your growth and your intelligence, but it's really to like impress your aunts and uncles <laughs> <laughs> and on, on holidays. Yeah. And we do these recitals. And I mean, I have so many memories and people can relate to this if they went through the same thing and have the same background, you know, Oh, play for auntie. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there like, I don't really feel like I'm in the mood to play for Elise right now. I was in the middle of video (laughs) games and Nintendo. Like, what is up with this? So as a kid, when you're forced to play classical piano or any kind of classical, like kind of methods like that, 
most of us rebel. Mm -hmm. I totally rebelled because I was like, this is really not like my thing. But I didn't realize that I was also rebelling because I kind of have, I don't know, I haven't heard anyone really officially come up with this, but some sort of like note reading dyslexia. I I can and relate. It, I'm actually can dis- you relate? Yeah, I'm actually Glad. dyslexic, and I could I never could get into to music theory. And I mean, it's one of those things I know more than I know. But yeah, I can't read music, mm-hmm. and it never really gelled with me. Yeah, I'm so glad you're saying that because then you can understand what I'm about to say next. So um, basically, <laughs> through school and life, I would you know survive using other forms of intelligence, which is like through my eyes and ears and memory and charisma i guess and just get great grades and pass and you know maybe cheated a little here and there i'm not (laughs) going to describe how but you know (laughs) and when i would play piano i would trick my teachers to be like you know can you play that once for me and then all i would need to hear is once and i'd be able to play oh nice kind of just like by ear Uh not perfectly but you know i would get the the melody and everything and they would correct me when i would not remember a thing right but they thought i was you know, actually reading until one of my teachers like realized I hadn't like turned the pages <laughs> <laughs> and I would struggle kind of like, okay, I think this is the part when, you know, on the paper, yeah, I should turn the page now. <laughs> and I could tell one of my teachers, she was like, something's going on here. And then I was like freaked out and I stopped going to that class. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, that's just how I operated. So through life, you know, I was, I knew I had this piano background, but thought it was like a big waste of time. And it turns out it's like the biggest, most important foundation Mm -hmm. that I could go through life with, especially this musical life. Because I think once you understand scales, then you understand a lot. Totally. Actually. Mm -hmm. And, and not just musically a lot, but metaphorically a lot, I think. And I would get through life just kind of being musical, loving music, loving pop music. I was like a new wave kid. There was hip hop around me. I grew up in New York. And just being so fascinated by sounds and complexities and but not understanding how people did it because I couldn't create it myself in those ways. So I would just copy. <laughs> so, you know, fast forward many, 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 many years later, let's fast forward to 2008. And at that time, I was married to a Swedish guy who loved synth music. He was crafty. He would, like, just play craft work in the background all the time. (laughs) It was just his thing. And I had been exposed to that through my sister, who was four years older than me. I was born in 76, so it was definitely, like, in the air. So I was in uh, this terrible accident in Sweden. I was going down a hill, and I'm... I'm just like too athletic for my own good. I keep like injuring myself in so many ways. And, and I, I would consider myself, you know, an 80s kid who was really excellent at skateboarding. Uh-huh. So here we are as adults uh, on longboards because oh, we had these really dope longboards. And of course, I had an invisible helmet on uh-huh. <laughs> at the top of the hill, you know, because I'm too cool for that. I'm an adult. You know, I'm an adult. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm on a longboard, which was very expensive and that doesn't look good with a helmet. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> at the top of this hill, I'm telling you, Tim, there was like this voice that's as loud as me saying this to you right now, saying this hill does not have your name on it. And <laughs> I could... You know, I reckoned with that and I was like, 
God. But there are people waiting for us. Like, we can't go back the other way. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty steep hill, very smooth roads. It was just gorgeous. And I start to go down the hill, blink, and suddenly I open my eyes and I'm like, all I see is grass. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm sitting. <clears throat> my legs crossed, my butt on the grass, and my hands in my lap, and I'm going, oh, wow, I'm on the grass. And I knew I was just on the skate, you know, on the longboard and going down. Uh-huh. I turn to my right and I see the hill, the road, and I see my then husband running down the hill, but slow motion, like million dollar man, like, and I was like, wow, in my head, I'm going, wow, he's going so slow. And I turn back to face forward and look down at my hands and I see them pooling up with blood. Oh no. And I go, oh, wow, totally must have fallen and like scratched my hands up. I still have major scars on my hands. And then I realized the blood was not, most of it was actually coming from my face. It was like dripping down into my hands. Oh my God. And I didn't realize like I had fallen, well, hit my head. My my ex-husband said he saw me just trip on something like a rock or whatever as I was going pretty fast. And he saw me hit my head on the road three times. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know why I didn't get more destroyed. I was pretty destroyed. I had a hole in my head. I lost my front teeth. That's why they're so great now because they were bought. <laughs> <laughs> I broke my shoulder. I broke my kneecap. Oh, my God. Um, but what we didn't understand was that I had sustained... Uh, a traumatic brain injury Mm -hmm. because I was still upright and kind of like laughing and being like, Oh, I'm really messed up. But turned out I I did suffer a concussion. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't understand was that I would then for the next maybe year and a half or so be suffering from something called PCS post concussive syndrome, which is basically fog. And I was experiencing a prolonged high functioning amnesia. Oh, my God. Yeah. But no one, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right, right. right. And you're just, you're healing. I was healing from every other, like, flesh wound and broken bone and getting new teeth and all this stuff. Like, I wasn't thinking about how cloudy my thinking was. I just thought I'm tired. So once I started to realize things like, oh, wow, uh, it's been like a month since I brushed my teeth. Like, what's going on here? And I was in recovery, you know, at home, back in New York, and not working and just, like, being in this haze. And I think about, you know, athletes now, like football players that are constantly hitting their head. Mm-hmm. They must not even realize their deficits. Yeah. I didn't. There's a lot oh of, God. yeah, like, the, the new the new research on that CTE stuff is is pretty scary. And I know oh, some people are choosing very not, scary. Yeah, not to play football because of it. It's really scary. And... I, like, again, you know, I was a young woman who didn't have her nose ground off on the street. Like, I don't know how that ha- didn't happen and how people could die from just one <laughs> impact on the ground with their head. And I yeah. hit my head three times. So once I started to realize, like, wow, I think I've just been like, you know, at home and doing nothing. I go to one corner of my room uh, and I see that I have three computers three laptops they're closed and there's like dust over them i open one of them and then outlook express starts downloading emails and there were 7998 emails coming in Ooh. over almost 2 years of me not launching my computer oh my god 
people saying, where are you? Um, I'm presuming jobs and clients and things. I just like vanished basically. And I started to get into like this panic because I started to understand something was really wrong. Actually, I, I started to understand something was really wrong much before that when I went to a wedding and this woman who came up to me, I shook her hand and she was like, why are you shaking my hand? I'm your aunt. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow. I'm like, I don't remember her. I didn't like have any recollection of her. And when I saw pictures of my mom, my mom has white hair as white as paper. I saw pictures of her with black hair. I couldn't remember her ever having black hair. And that was really freaky. But I was high functioning today. You know, like in the moment, I was totally okay. Walking, talking, you could talk to me. I could converse with you. I was like, it's like one of these, what they say, like invisible injuries. Kind yeah, of this sounds like an Oliver Sacks story or something. Totally. Because, and I'm, you know, I'm really glad you say that because the brain, uh, its ability to heal Oh, my God, let's get into that in a second. That's why I do all this now, because it's really selfishly for me, even though it looks like it's for society. No, that's not true. It's, it's half and half. Yeah. Uh, when I was starting to experience anxiety and really severe depression from just not knowing who I was, because, like, you could ask me what grammar school you went to, and I, I would, like, stutter. My, it was like my brain would stutter, and I couldn't give you an answer. Wow. And I knew that couldn't be right. I was like, I can't think. It's like it felt like I got stuck. Like if something invisible just like put its hand on my brain, it was like, stop thinking. And and I just I just knew like something's really wrong. So I went to Beth Israel for cognitive therapy. And it was called cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Mm -hmm. So they give you these exercises and things to just kind of like activate your brain and your thinking. And it's math-based and all these, you know, writing and shapes. I was like, it's so frustrating. Like, I could do this, but this isn't helping me. Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't know who I am. And it got really severe. And this sounds so wild, but like to the point that I didn't even have connection to my husband anymore. Yeah. And would have anxiety that he was in my home. Oh, and wow. And eventually filed for a divorce. Oh, my gosh. Because I, I really, truly had no, like, you know, I was like, why is this guy here? And that sounds really terrible. And I was incredibly hurtful to him. And I understand that. But it was my truth. It was I was injured and just really couldn't. So that went that way. And then I started to focus on myself. Mm -hmm. Not understanding that, um, not really truly understanding that this cognitive behavioral therapy was more or less ineffective for me. Uh -huh. Just like one day I hear a song, Paul Anka, Lonely Boy, playing out of something. And I'm like, oh, my God. I started to think about my childhood and my uncle and like like trips with my cousin and I was like in tears. I was like, Oh my God, like I'm, I feel like something like woke up in my head and it was from listening to that song. And I thought I, I just have to listen to like a ton of music. I just have to keep listening to music. So I go to Napster, I download and steal all this music. <laughs> go, go. Oh, did I say that out loud? We'll forgive you. Um, you were, you were injured. <laughs> yeah. You're in crisis. <laughs> I was in crisis mode. I go through, um, my iPods listen to music, just start to reconnect with like my high school moments and things like that. And it all just started flooding in and it was great. What was also interesting was once bad memories started flooding in, the impact of reliving that trauma was really fascinating because I would be like, my God, that happened to me. And I had forgotten about it and it was fine not remembering. So it was like some kind of like weird, like lobotomy and then it all came back. So I started to understand that, like, music was going to be that important to me. 
So I started taking classes at a DJ school across town. This was then like 2009. I started learning the very first like early Ableton and thinking like, I, I think I have to like produce music and just make music and be with music all the time. And I would offer up, <laughs> this is really funny to say now, it's so amazing. I would tell people, I will DJ your party for a penny. <laughs> we'll call them penny parties. <laughs> and I have an envelope of pennies that I got paid. Like literally people would be like, what? And I said, yeah, it's just give me a penny, like your prettiest, luckiest penny. And they'd look <laughs> at me like, that's so amazing. And why? And I'm like, I need it. It's like my therapy. Oh my God. So can I, I interrupt really events. quick? Just yeah. one question. Were you... So you were you could play piano up until the injury, but you weren't really a, a practicing musician or writing music up until that point. No, I wasn't. Oh wow! Okay. And in fact, you know, it's really amazing that you brought up the piano thing because I would have forgotten to say this. I bought a piano, thinking that I should learn this. And when I sat down and started playing, I was like, I called my mom and I was like, Do I know how to play the piano? Oh she my was, god! Since five. <laughs> And I didn't know that. Had, I did not. What was that experience like? That. Was that crazy? All of a sudden you were just playing piano like proficiently for the first, like, and thinking you're doing it for the first time? Were you, that, that had to have been I so insane. I remember the first thing I played. Yeah. It was really insane. And I, I remember the first thing I played was just like C chords. Uh-huh. And then like up and down the octaves. Uh, and I said, okay, I know how to do something here. And that's why I asked my mom. And the feeling was like, like the biggest laugh like that, you know, like a the biggest joke is being played on you. Yeah, oh, and I was wow. like, this is just excuse my language, a fucking ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> like this is this is really, <laughs> and I just like started laughing and started to just feel like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing here because this doesn't feel like wrong at all. And I bought this piano from this old man like for four, four like four hundred bucks. Wow. Brought it over like with his young like piano mover guy and. I, I was playing. That is so wild. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, eventually I started to realize like, okay, um, my previous job was a high level graphic designer. I'm not doing that anymore. I can't stare at the computer. I get tons of migraines now. Mm. So that was part of like, you know, part of the, I guess, uh, souvenir of yeah, <laughs> the experience. Yeah. And, and that is a challenge for me as a professional DJ having migraines. Yeah. And I bet. Having to, put drugs in my nose like it looks really weird because i take these migraine medications uh through my nose because it goes to your like blood system really fast mm -hmm. looks very strange but people <laughs> must think like wow she's so badass she's like snorting something yeah, right yeah, here man, in front of us all what does she have and how can i get some of that I'm like oh wow i want some <laughs> yeah that that so that's really a challenge um but i just roll with it and that's yeah you know music heals is for real for me uh then i started to bring the music experience to tell the story. I was bringing that story and the helmet story or not wearing helmet stories. I was doing public speaking at different el elementary schools and high schools. Okay. Well, can I, just so to, like tell the story. I, I, this is, you, you made me think of something and you kind of scared me, but at the same time, you'll be happy to hear that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I spent some time skateboarding in my late teens, early twenties and then stopped for, you know, almost 15 years and recently just really had an itch to get back into it. I think it's because I'm, you know, in my mid thirties and I'm thinking I don't have much time. So I bought, I bought a couple skateboards, I bought a cruiser. And then I was like, no, I need one for the park. And my wife, uh -huh, my uh -huh. wife insisted on the helmet and I said, okay, that's totally reasonable. So I went out on day one and 
the first two days I went out skating, each day I came back and ordered new protective equipment. And now when I go out, I have wrist guards, I have ankle guards, I have knee pads, yeah. elbow pads, and a helmet because it's just uh, yeah. hurts way too bad to fall now on concrete. <laughs> And you just switched careers now, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't. I you can't know, be doing that. <laughs> I can't. I'll be tell you hurt. something. You know, th- there's that uh, helmet design that looks like a baseball cap. Yeah, and they're the kinds that like are compact. If those existed back then, I would have had a helmet. Because the reasons I didn't bring it was because the only helmet I had was a bicycle helmet, mm-hmm. which really looked like just not right. Yeah, and it was too big for me to travel with it to Europe. Yeah. So I was like, if those existed, this wouldn't have happened. But then I also wouldn't be on this path. Right. So, you know, you got to like negotiate the whole like life experience, right? Yeah. It's really <laughs> crazy how sometimes life can deal you something that you think is, you know, is just going to be kind of the most negative thing and it'll never be good again. And then sometimes that thing can bring some of the most positive stuff. It's it's yeah. very strange how that can happen. Yeah. and And I think that... Uh, that has helped me through other things in life. So I realized like when those things explode in your face mm-hmm. and you're able to collect the pieces that are left and kind of jujitsu the experience into like making a purpose out of it, then you're okay. Yeah. And it's, it looks like you've done that to the umpteenth degree is umpteenth a word just exponentially umpteenth is a word <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and and honestly i don't want to i don't want to experience more things like let's go into getting then diagnosed with breast cancer only years after that right yeah i wanted and to ask about to, that again oh uh, yeah using music to like get through my healing with breast cancer was super is super integral mm-hmm. uh to my experience i realized i realized a few things like in my life there are lots of challenges like that I had created like in my own mind about like not getting to certain places or succeeding in certain ways. And I, I just drop all that. I'm like, you know what? I just want to experience life the best I can on a day-to-day basis because I keep getting shown like it's not forever. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ooh. I, I've, yeah. I've heard people talk about stuff like that. I mean, I haven't experienced anything like that myself, but my wife, my wife's mother passed away from cancer, um, Mm. just before we met. Mm. And my wife has taken, you know, she still struggles with it because she was there through the whole thing. And, but you know, one thing that really has been kind of a positive outcome of it is recently two of my close friends have lost their mothers to cancer. So she's kind of Mm. been a, a nice person for them to talk to who kind of understands where they're coming from. So again, kind of taking a negative and and trying to find a positive and, and that's kind of, that's kind of my wife's whole MO. It's pretty good to have her in my life because I tend to kind of go gloom and doom and she, she can pull me out of the dredges. So yeah, it's nice to hear I that. I think that's the beauty of mm-hmm. like resiliency and just having or finding inner strength. We have it, but you know, it's hard to access sometimes. Yeah, totally. And I think it's just realizing that you have it is, is the first step because a lot of the times, you know, the gloom and doom is, is underlined by just the hopelessness and with hopelessness comes inaction and then that just can kind sure. of spiral. So, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And when you get, you know, the, the real story behind my breast cancer diagnosis, which is like really kind of wacky, I was actually taken off of treatment because I became allergic to it. Oh God. And I was told, <laughs> I asked my doctor, my oncologist, all right, great. So, you know, what do I do? What's the, where's the alternative drug? 
uh, where's the Kirkland brand? Where's the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where's the where's the other version? And she was like, there isn't one yet. And I oh looked at her God. and I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, what are you talking about? And she was like, yeah. And this was 2015. And I said, what do I do then? And, and she said to me, be happy. Oh. And I looked at her like, what the? <laughs> like, yeah. What did you just tell me? And I was so pissed. I went home and I was like, fuming. I was like, that's, that's just like ridiculous. But once I got home, it hit me and I understood she's right. Because even if I was on alternative treatments, like people have spent 50 grand going to Germany for oxygen, hyperbaric, this and that, and they weren't happy there, they didn't end up sticking around. And I realized being happy no matter what gives you the best chance at everything. And here I am in 2019 after like different you know like new scans and i'm like cancer free that's so great to so, hear that is can, it's really kind of amazing yeah i mean know? do you i i feel weird saying congratulations i i want to say something <laughs> like, but congrats. congrats doesn't seem like a powerful enough or appropriate <laughs> word but that i'm I think, so happy i think to hear amazing that. is good enough yeah. like amazing yeah. it is, because it truly is amazing and i'll tell you what i think the science behind my survival is so when i was diagnosed with this very specific triple positive HER2 breast cancer, which is like a very fast, aggressive kind of a thing. When I was diagnosed, my, my doctor told me the size of my tumor was like, I had been walking around with breast cancer for three years already. And I was like, oh wow. My God. Wow. And, and the type of cancer I had was so, it's kind of so nasty that the week I was diagnosed, Ken Burns had released his three-part documentary on cancer, the king of all maladies. And my type of cancer was episode two. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I was like, Great. Thanks, Ken I feel Burns. so popular. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, treatments called immunotherapy were coming out and are out and helping so many people. And it's basically treatments that help the immune system fight the cancer. And what I learned was you can also do that from within by staying happier. Yeah. Because your immune system stays healthy. I've seen there's been studies and they're not, you know, they're not like hooey journalists, journals or anything. They're, they're scientific journals that were... I think they're saying like um, loneliness is more like ne negatively affects your behavior or your uh, your health more than um, habitual smoking. So oh my god, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's something. Oh my goodness, yeah, I know that's just like oh, that is just such a a, a, a heart wrenching uh, headline. But I know it really is. But you get it. You've seen these like you know grandmas who are smoking and laughing, and they're like 170 years old. <laughs> Yeah. Listening to music, dancing, they're like, I'm fine. And I noticed when, because I suffer from depression and it's kind of cyclical for me. It's not really situational. Mm -hmm. And when I, if I get into it, you know, if I let myself go pretty deep into it, I I do get like colds or the flu a lot easier. It sticks oh, around wow. longer. It takes longer to get Interesting. better. Interesting. Yeah. See? Yeah. So there's definitely something to be said about that. And, you know, you're when you're diagnosed with something, you're like, oh my God, it's it's the end of my life or whatever. But then actually I was like, you know what? I'm so angry about this. I'm just going to like get revenge on this and jujitsu this into like all kinds of victories and <laughs> turn it into like the reason why I'm happy now. Cancer diagnosis played a huge role in that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's so twisted. Like the, the people I work with in music who have also experienced cancer dear to them um, and themselves, uh, we connect on that way and have collaborated and have created things that help other people. Yeah. So, yeah. The connection and yeah. collaboration just helps, you know, just inspiration and not feeling alone just helps kind of go 
and fight all that stuff we were just talking about how the, the negative yeah. feelings can just really bring you down. So that's, I know you say you're doing it for yourself, but even if you're doing it for yourself selfishly, you're still putting so much good out there that it's Yeah. I mean, I say cool. that, but I think someone who says that can't possibly be just thinking about themselves. Right. If they admit it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and then to answer your question about the music journey as to where, like who I worked with and how I ended up where I am, that cancer diagnosis actually created a very strong bond between one of my most most beloved mentors. I have so many mentors, and, and they're all beloved. But when I was diagnosed with cancer and doing you know, DJ work with the We Are Family Foundation, I bonded with Nile Rogers, who's you know just a legendary producer. Mm-hmm. And he told me, because he had beat his cancer in in the musical way, he told me, play as much music as possible. That's so amazing. And I looked at him and I was like, yes, I will. Thank you. That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> wow. That is, that's so cool. And is he, did, did he play guitar in, uh, yeah. in Chic? Is that right? Yes, he's the, he's the guitarist in Chic. He's also produced Madonna, David Bowie, Duran Duran, like, yeah. name it. He's, he's, and he did the uh, he did for all you electronic music heads out there. He did uh, the guitar work on most of uh, Random Access Memories, the Daft Punk album, and Get Lucky with Pharrell. That that yeah. like guitar, that jink jink jink. That's like that's, that's kind of like yeah. his his thing. Kind of invented that. Yeah, I video think. games. You mm-hmm. know, um, if you know the movie Coming to America, that's like. His mastery. <laughs> it's so funny. I keep that keeps popping up in conversation and in conversations I'm having and in, in podcasts. Um, and everybody, you know, saying how I remember thinking it's funny when I was a kid, but I don't really remember much of it other than the the fight in McDowell's, the fake McDonald's. So maybe I have to revisit <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Definitely revisit it. You know, it's time because they're doing like a 30th anniversary, like new version. Of oh, part really? Two. Okay. Yeah, and being exposed to music from you know his point of view and just learning from then the folks that work with him. Then I got to open for some amazing, amazing people. And it's all been a blessing from cancer, which is so weird to that say. Is, that is very strange. Yeah. But I mean, Hey, like it's very strange. I love that. You, I think jujitsu was a great, great way to, to kind of like put a metaphor on it. You know, you, you, you took yeah. its momentum and, and spun it. Is that what jujitsu is? Is it mostly kind of using? Yeah, that? totally. Or you is take, that taekwondo? You know, the energy of one thing. No, it's definitely jujitsu. You take like the energy and force of one thing and basically flip it on itself. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I, I don't want to interrupt you there, but I just, there's so many people that you've worked with. I have to ask, and we can get to this later if you have more to say about where you're going, but it's been eating me since we started talking. Elvis Costello Elvis Costello is like one of my my people that just <laughs> has been so influential on me. And in what capacity did you work and hang out with him? I just saw it on your website and I was like, I'm I'm just gonna I just saw your his name yeah. and I'm gonna ask her about it. So Yeah, no, I got to do his closing, you know, a DJ set. Um his closing DJ set in Washington, D.C., I think it was two years ago. And he got to, you know, put his bullhorn on my DJ booth and, like, performed right there. And I was just like, this is really wild. Wow, that is so cool. (laughs) I I have so many stories like that where, you know, this, like, amazing performer from me growing up through high school and so on is suddenly, like, I'm on the stage with them or sharing the sound system with them. And I think, like, that's just part of the whole, like, just music 
uh, is just going to keep offering these incredible moments. Like this year alone, I mean, every year is just like amazing. But I got to see a lot of the people that I I adore in in hip hop and in like DJing for the MTV yeah. Video Music Awards. Yeah, I, I got saw to see you a lot doing of people that. Honored and that's so crazy. Yeah, so I get to explore and get to experience very high level. Um, musicians on that grind Mm -hmm. and it's really it's really fantastic and it just shows me just keep going yeah just keep going and just you know you don't have to set these like you know immense goals just i think a daily goal is and and constant daily goals gets you really far actually yeah that's it's funny since i've started my little uh what i'm calling my black sabbatical because it just sounds cooler than sabbatical Um, i love that (laughs) (laughs) uh you know the the weekend before it started, I was sitting here. Uh, my wife Hannah was was hanging out with her friend for for like a bachelorette party thing, and and I was you know just sitting here, and I decided I was going to write myself a little schedule for for my every day yeah. that wasn't work related. So you know like just kind of a you know you're up at seven no matter what, a little walk, a little stretch, a little meditation. You know, kind yeah, of made myself that's great, and, and I'm trying to my best to stick to it. Um, so yeah, I think I think. I kind of just went on a tangent is what I think. Uh, <laughs> That's listen, we're, we're going to talk about synths later. So yeah, <laughs> tangent is all I'm about. Totally. Well, so going from the world of, you know, Elvis Costello and MTV music award DJing and, you know, really kind of, I mean, I saw you have a picture with Oprah Winfrey, um, thievery corporation. You're just, you're, you're all over the place, but let's, let's go into, kind of the the more modular or you know the, the more the scene of kind of the theme of the show i know you recently met lisa belladonna um you recently paired with make noise and you're doing stuff with moog i think so what what's going on there how did that all happen this is crazy <laughs> uh this year was like my synth explosion <laughs> and let me back up to i mentioned my ex-husband uh-huh he was very much into the music. And in that time when I was very much not liking him, I really started to hate anything that sounded synthy. Oh, really? <laughs> so for many years, I didn't realize I had harbored that kind of dislike until I started working with a, a um, co-worker at one of the schools that I teach at. And she brought the sounds back to the classroom. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow. I actually love this. Mm. But I had this like, you know, bad story attachment to it. And I was like, you know what? It's been 10 years. I think I can just drop that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so I interesting. I started exploring it. You know, I mean, it's music is that personal. Yeah, totally. People can say, oh, I hate, I hate the whoever, whatever band. And it's probably connected to another person. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I, I have a soft you know, like, spot ugh. for kind of, I don't listen to it often. It was more something I listened to when I was younger, but like, you know, some kind of heavy metal stuff. And, uh, my wife just cannot stand it. And she just, she associates (laughs) it to being uncomfortable around weird dudes at high school parties. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That makes sense. That is exactly. But then when the scenery changes and the music, you can enjoy it through different ears. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, I, I hear what's happening here. And I have a very wild vinyl collection. A lot of it is, synth and moog and things like that and i hadn't taken any of that out in a long time so i put it back all you know i started dusted off and listening and i was like this is so dope (laughs) this is so complex how how the what did they use to make this and then i don't know what it was that led me on instagram this is why social media can be so amazing i know i think we but it's so amazing we met on a live stream i met you over instagram (laughs) 
totally. <laughs> just like out of, I don't even know. So here's what happened this year. I think you were doing, yeah, you did a live, you were doing a live patch. Yeah. And I think it was in the hotel room in Michigan. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. And you were like, oh, I don't have my stuff. I'm in the hotel room. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I was like, this is so fun. Like, I'd actually never seen anyone like, you know, broadcast them just kind of like doing the patching live. Like, you know, I would just see like these glorious photos of all the patches and you know, uh-huh. like people standing by like the main, the, the amazingness of it. So the beginning of the year, I was re-exposed to just modular because I was at NAM uh-huh. and... The Moog Museum was, you know, they brought their, like, that thing. Yeah. Beasts of a machine. (laughs) And I was just like, wow. I was standing in front of it and, you know, plugging things in and out and just, like, playing around. And they told me, we hope that we open. That's our plan this year. But, you know, we'll find out. And I'll put pause on that part of the story in a sec. But after listening to you, watching you, and just kind of like, that's so cool. I went and I started listening to podcasts. And the first podcast I listened to was the first one that you did with Lisa Belladonna. Yeah. that I think you were asking me, like, I think there was yeah, already like, a conversation. Yeah, who are the mm-hmm. women forward? Like, I want to know because I work at a school and a lot of them are, you know, young girls and just trying to, like, figure themselves out. Mm-hmm. And I just see the magic in in synthesis. Like, this is how I see it. So. I was telling, and by the way, Lisa says hi. We were chatting. Earlier. I'm so jealous you got to meet in person because we've we've chatted a lot, but you have, haven't. We haven't met oh, in person. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the next time she broadcasts that she's doing a live performance somewhere, and you can go there, you must go because there's nothing like watching her pull it all together live. That's what I've heard. I've, I've talked to oh goosebumps. Um, I'm sorry, getting goosebumps. Again. Yeah, <laughs> I talked to Jamie and Julie from Earthquaker, and they both said that too. It was just that she oh, commands like, rooms wizardry Mm -hmm. i mean and you know i'm so grateful to you for getting me there so what happened was i listened to the episode and i was like i am so moved and that's why i texted you i was like i'm so moved by this i texted her i started following her and just being like this is like guidance for me actually and this is like really showing me that the the diversity and who works in in this type of music Mm -hmm. and with my students and I would tell if I have students from age three to 16 and I bring DJ gear and all kinds of acoustic instruments. And now I will be bringing them synth gear, analog synth stuff that they're going to mess around with. I would tell them that music is what emotions sound like or feelings sound like. After seeing Lisa do her work, I was like, music is what science sounds like. (laughs) Let me just start from there. Let's start from there because she started to help me really understand like, yeah, you've get the, you get the current and the signal flow and you guide it and then you do what you're going to do with it. And then here's the outcome. And I was like, wow, if that isn't uh, like, if that isn't a message about life, I don't know what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there's so many ways you could plug and unplug out of this and that and find new. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't new. it doesn't go the way you planned it, and sometimes it works out even better than you planned, and sometimes you oh gosh, screw exactly. up, and you can find something new from that. I mean, I, I've screwed up on a patch and actually, you know, lost what I thought I wanted out of it, and ended up stumbling across something that I thought was way cooler. You know, so yeah, it, it's, it's a really funny I mean, analogy. That's, that's so fun because you know, through this, I also learn like, oh yeah, well I didn't record that that's gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like okay i'll just that'll be one of my sweet memories and and one one time i watched you doing another live 
uh, patch challenge for yourself and you did something that freaked me out and I was like so happy to see it. <laughs> you made this beautiful thing and people were texting and like, oh, that sounds beautiful. And you're like, okay, I'm done. And you ripped all the cables out in like one shot and I was like, oh! <laughs> I literally gasped. I was like, oh no, wait, but but wait. And, and me, I'm like an archivist by nature. Like I archive, like take photos, I hit record and I was like, ah! <laughs> and I was just like, holy crap. And you're like, okay, what's next in life? <laughs> well, so it's funny. I've said this quite a few times, but it's I feel like it really fits in here. I kind of look at Apaches like um, like a Tibetan mandala, and they use the mandalas oh, as an God, example yeah. for impermanence Great or whatever. Example. I mean, I'll Great definitely example. record stuff, but yeah, it's kind of like don't. It's kind of helps me with. Uh, it, it's 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 cheesy to say, but it actually I think it has helped me with attachment which is something we all have issues yeah. with um because i used to do the same thing i would record everything and every track i ever yeah. produced pre-modular anything i recorded yeah. for that track i just found a way to shoehorn it into the track somehow and i'd have you know 60 track songs it's like try mixing that yeah <laughs> yeah and i'll be honest like maybe 99.999 percent of anything i ever recorded thinking i was going to use it i haven't still yet used it totally yeah <laughs> so, i have so much stuff yeah I'm like, I'm like, Okay, so okay. Then here comes like back to the story of then um, Moog, and then so I get a let's say I started following Lisa and just like just being like this is this amazing like work, and I started to listen to her tracks, and then she posts that she's going to be performing in Asheville. I was like, I am going to Asheville. <laughs> and I was like, I will go. That's only two hours from me in New York. I'm going to go. So I fly. You know, I book my ticket. And not realizing what was happening, even though it was in front of me, I just don't read as <laughs> – I, uh-huh. I read what I don't, like, retain. I didn't realize it was the Moog Museum opening, which was what we were talking about in NAMM. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's the actual opening. So that's where I got to meet Michelle Mokusa and then just, like, understand, like, wow – I see what's happened here with the company and with the family and with the music and, and I'm continuing and I'm using it and bringing it to young kids. I got educational material from them and I'll be using it this fall or winter when we start up our programs again. So that's really special stuff. I would love to continue working with them and just like bring it up to New York because we have such a hungry bunch of kids when it comes to music and making noise. Oh my goodness. That's so that's <laughs> so cool, and for you to be able to find that stuff and find because it's it's weird with some of this this weirder stuff like in our world, Moog Moog are the giants, you know. But you know that your average person maybe hasn't heard of Moog. Um, so when you have it's like yeah, just the accessibility of all this stuff can be kind of tough. You just have to have very, those people around, very. like yourself, bringing it to people. It's so so cool. Well, I mean. Think about it also, like I will be bringing this stuff into classes and classrooms and the communities I work with are underserved, um, high risk kids. Nobody is buying a $2,000 anything Absolutely, or yeah. a $100 module that plugs into a, you know, this or that. That's a barrier. Definitely. But I can't, I can't stop there. I'm just like, I'll bring what I can bring. And let's shout out to Make Noise. Because Kelly and Tony did the most incredible thing. They donated an Ocos to my programs at Willie Mae Rock Camp. That's so cool. And that is the coolest. They're just so dope. They're so amazing. And I have been (laughs) trying to dive into this 
amazing, solid state device. And I'm like, oh, my God, how does one ever come to understand these things? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's a really good one to cut your teeth on because it's it's funny. I got the no coast thinking like, oh, this will be a fun little standalone it was weird. I didn't look at it as a toy or anything, but I was like, oh, this will be a nice little easy. And I was like, oh, no, this is like an advanced synthesizer. This is a beefy. <laughs> it's super advanced. Yeah. It's a, and it's it's a great tool to learn uh, to learn on. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. And yeah. There's also uh, Pittsburgh Modular makes something kind of similar called the mm. Microvolt. That thing's super useful. Um, there's, there's a few of them out oh, there that are this what kind I've of been, the standalone. What I think I'm going to bring into class, um, I have the... Little bits since. Oh, those are so cool. (laughs) They're so cool and they're so gritty and just so, you know, they're just so gritty. Mm -hmm. That and the O Coast. And I'm going to bring in, I've I've got kind of like a weird amount of gear here. I will bring in the Korg MS20 Mini. Oh, yeah. Because of that? Mm hmm. You you better patch before you hear some sounds. Yep. Yeah. And I imagine that paired with the No Coast, you could do some really interesting stuff. Yeah. It's it's limitless, and that's what I love about modular. And I didn't know that until this year. Yeah, it's 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 gloriously and also like dangerously limitless. <laughs> you can yeah. you can really really go down the rabbit hole. I'm about to get yeah. a 16U, <laughs> 120 HP case, which is. Oh my gosh! So enormous, and I'm so excited, yeah. but also kind of like, wow. what am I gonna do with all that space? So if you're oh listening, oh my gosh, well, you're gonna fill it. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening, and you want to send me some modules? I have a home for them. Yeah, donate some <laughs> unused, sad, lonely modules yeah. <laughs> to this podcast, and you will feel so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've actually got a few really cool ones coming in. I have a wasp. Coming in. Oh, nice! The the um, the, the wasp the synth fur? I like. Or are you actually getting the yeah. wasp uh, the wasp synthesizer or just the the module? Well, not the actual not the actual synth. That's like yeah. twenty five hundred. Yeah, I was gonna say those are <laughs> <laughs> the module, which is like all right, close enough. Yeah. I have a shirt that says wasp on it. I'm like, yeah, because I, I do like the sounds. I have um, quite a bit of gear here, and I feel like it, it's just like never ending. You know, like trying to discover what goes with what and discovering things, and just like oh, yeah, it's like. Wow. <laughs> That's been one of the, the funnest, the most enjoyable acts, aspects or reward or most, uh, sorry, I'm smelling over my words. One of the more uh, enjoyable aspects of doing this show is having companies send me stuff. It's, it's pushing me to learn about synthesis more. It might be something that I wouldn't have got that, you know, be, you know, if, if I was, you know, thinking about what I wanted and it's, I don't know, it's been really cool to just explore all this different great stuff. Yeah, but how do you even like if you say I want I want this? How do you like find it? <laughs> I haven't yet. Uh, I haven't yet found it. By like, listening oh, to shows just, like this and watching yeah, Diff Kid videos. Yeah, there you and, go. <laughs> you know, and reading. Let me throw in also like some reading is good too. Yeah. So yeah, some of my favorite reading spots are you sent me Waveform, which was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, that's very cool. Reading the box, reading the text on Moog boxes is really great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, reading, read the manual of anything and then, you know, just like ignore it all. But I have a copy of, of electronic music, Alan Strange's book. Mm-hmm. And I have been like just skimming through it and just some random like thoughts about 
electricity and music and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. I feel like my brain is an, a new brain from two years ago. That's, it's really amazing to say that. Yeah, that is so crazy. Well, what a, what a journey. I feel like we've we've talked about so much and we're we're nearing patch challenge time. But I just I feel oh, like there's yay. so much more to talk about. But I want to hit on just a few things. Um, one thing that really stuck out to me, and it's something that I've always kind of wanted to do but didn't know in what capacity I could do it in but I'm also kind of freaked out to to do it but you've we've worked in hospice and yeah. and you've you've helped use music in 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 that setting that sounds like a very heavy but possibly very rewarding uh can you just talk a little bit about that that's just it's so heavy and so rewarding yeah those are the words um and that I don't really yet know what to do with it I've been writing my story and writing about the seven, maybe eight. I'm I'm debating this last character uh-huh. <laughs> patient, I should say. Seven or eight patients that really stood out to me mm-hmm. with such incredible I mean, all music based experiences with people who are dying. Yeah. And um, you know, I had a I had a woman who was ninety three, ninety four, who was blind and deaf but could hear the music go figure wow <laughs> yeah i mean she's kind of the title of my book like i was i when when i was told to talk to her they were like no she you have to yell into her ear she can't hear you and i was like I, i'm not yelling into a person's ear they're like no honey you have to yell in her ear i was like what do you mean you had to like come so close to her that your lips were touching her ear and then yell oh wow and then she could barely hear you that's like how deaf she was so i would Offered to play music for her, and and just because I knew her age, I was like, okay, I'm gonna play some jazz from that time, and she's not gonna hear it, but I'll just play it because I'm here. And when I would play music, she would move to it. <laughs> like this is amazing. She can't hear this, but she could feel it. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's and I was like, amazing. this is amazing. I had patients who were um, like nine toes out the door, one toe still here on earth, mm-hmm. and the nurses and doctors would say. You know, don't play music, let them go. Because that's how powerful music is. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow. Wow. So I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, in my heart, it's like the biggest project that I'm working on to write and respect those stories, the story of these people and, and this, you know, stroke patient who started dancing in bed, who wasn't moving for like weeks beforehand. Or the man who yelled at me and said, I don't want to hear no fucking music. And he turned out to be a jazz musician. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like all these things. And I told myself, like, I didn't really know how to how to manage, like, having met these people. But I felt like I had known their lifetimes, but I don't know them. So the part one of this book is going to be my experience with them. Writing about them in the ways that keep me, like, you know, that's like privacy is like safe and all of that. But then part two of this book, I want to like create their lives and just like create stories of who they were and what they did based on what I met and what I learned about them from our short meetings week to week. Yeah. Oh, well, I got to tell you, Cherish, this is a a pod mod first. I felt I I got chills a a second ago and then I (laughs) I felt like I might uh, uh, get a little choked up. So, wow. Oh, my God. Did I make you you almost cry? Almost. You almost got (laughs) a... Almost. My throat's well, starting to two. start to tighten. Yeah. 
<laughs> the next one, I will make you cry. I mean, listen, Tim, you know, I just want to say so much gratitude for you and your dedication to this and Thank for you. understanding that people want to hear about what all of us are doing with what we're doing and for introducing me to Lisa Belladonna and for introducing me to like all this gear and just giving me like all the green lights because sometimes you need that that's you know, just community well that makes me feel so good and i'm just uh so grateful to hear you say that and appreciate it so much and uh i didn't realize that i i facilitated you that much into modular until we, we were talking today so major that's that's so cool oh my god dude if you only knew i'll have to like put it in a flow chart for you <laughs> I'm going to make a timeline and be like, so. <laughs> and then the time you ripped all the cables out and I was like, oh, then I bought all these new cables. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, actually, I should say thanks a lot. Now I'm like in debt. No. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm just joking. that's kind like, of the double edged sword of it. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that definitely is because I, I have several new synths in here since 2000 early 19 <laughs> so, but i'm also having the joy of new sounds coming out of this space and then getting to record those sounds and then work with them in the dj gear is like a whole other yeah amazing like wow that's a whole i mean i feel like we could probably do an hour on how you integrate that stuff with we should oh, yeah let's give you some more time to wrap your head around the no coast and and you know because you're gonna be teaching with it and maybe we'll have you back yeah. on when uh when the book comes out to talk about yeah, that for sure. and then um for sure because i know a lot of the listeners like to hear about the technical side and how people do integrate different technologies so that could be a really well, really that's, great that's a great great topic and you could go to my instagram there's a video where i'm at serato studios i think it says synths and scratch and serato equals fire icon. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's an example there of using synth sounds that were recorded um in a scratch session oh nice so my instagram yeah dj cherish the love love is spelled l-u-v um on instagram check that out yeah well man like i said we could we could probably do another hour but i'm sitting here on my creative combinations web page here because i i I want my I want my challenge. I know I'm trying to I'm trying to find you a good a good pairing here because this is too good of a conversation to go with something like um, a polite doc. That's not cool. So I'm going to say ultimate cake. That's not cool. Um, I want something. Ugh, these aren't some. It's just residential family. Wow, that's a great pairing. There. <laughs> Where are you getting these from? I, I go to create creativity. <laughs> <laughs> creativityforyou.com uh, forward slash combo maker and then you just hit generate pair and it gives you an oh. adjective and a noun um, oh that's amazing yeah and some of them okay. are really good and some of them are just so bad they're mostly bad um, I'm, I've been clicking through them this whole time <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that so much um, god we're gonna get one though it's gonna it's uh, nope no. Um, so yeah, tell us more about when the book's going to come out. So I've done the preliminary writing for six of the characters. Okay. And then I stopped because it was actually, I found it hard to write about the seventh one because she, I, I really bonded with her. And when I came back one day expecting to see her and she wasn't there, I said, where'd she go? And and the nurse said she graduated. Oh, my God. So she didn't tell me more. And I, in my mind, I was like, well, you can either graduate, go home, or go up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well. But no one told me. So in my mind, I was like, I think I need to, like, 
in order to cope and be at peace, like try to picture where I think she went. So that's why I was like, I paused for a bit. And I was like, you know, what what happened there? Because she was the one who, who um, was the deaf and the blind one. And she grabbed my hand and said, oh, sweetie, you brought me music. Oh, my you know, God. You're my angel. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, she, she could really hear it, but she couldn't hear it. She said to me, you know, you're my angel. And then she says, I'll be your angel next. And I like lost Oh, it. my God. <laughs> that's... And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to like <laughs> getting all kinds of like emotional again. Because when she said that to me, I realized like I need to be here. Like this is like I really have a purpose here. Yeah. And when you find in life like places where you have purpose, like you got to stay there until like, you know, the next purpose comes along. And it's a, that's what's beautiful about life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, these are how how's pur- I feel like. This is initial. This this combo right here, and you can pass on it. But it sounds initially kind of could be negative, but could be spun in a way. And I feel like that was kind oh, of oh, that that's that sounds like me. <laughs> perfect collapse. Ooh, because it's kind of contradictory. I think I feel yeah. like if you're into no, that, I we like could do that. that. Sweet. I like that. That almost sounds like a let's like jujitsu a thing here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect collapse. Wow. I love actually that's my new band name. <laughs> Welcome to a new segment of the show that I call Patreon Patron Spotlight. Every week I'm going to randomly choose a Patreon supporter and ask them to tell me what they want you to know about them and point you in the direction of some of their music or art. So this week's uh Patreon patron spotlight is on uh, Matt Powell, a.k.a. Matt Uska, or just Uska, U-S-K-A. Started playing the piano at age eight. Um, Wasn't really crazy into playing music until he was in junior high and he started playing clarinet. He soon moved to bass clarinet and uh, became pretty skilled at it. He also played upright bass throughout high school. Um, He was a music major uh, at Southwest Missouri State University for three semesters. Then he became disillusioned with music around 1999 and mostly quit playing for about 10 years um and it's kind of interesting he started making videos of his adventures uh around 2019 and he wanted original music so he just started making it on uh, GarageBand on his Mac. And he started with guitar, but soon discovered the world of synths. In 2015, he stumbled across modular synths and has been hooked ever since. Uh, he plays a hybrid computer hardware synths. Um, he's, he recently got into the Rolly Seaboard, and uh, he's been int- integrating that into his music. Most of his modules he builds from DIY kits. Um, and he's saying that after you know seeing people like Needham Woodworks and playing the 5U uh, monster synth at Patchworks, uh, he, he wants to start uh, building his own 5U cabinet um, to look like an upright piano, which I think will be pretty cool. Um, he just recently released a full-length album, which you hear playing under me right now. It's called Shake. It was mostly recorded in the aftermath of the 7.0 earthquake uh, that happened up there in Alaska where he lives and during the thousands of aftershocks he had uh, in the last year. So it's a mixture of modular synths, various digital synths, samples, found sound, and piano. His music is inspired by the amazing scenery that surrounds him, contrasted by the constant suffering of the world. Um, His artist's name is a play on the mountain that he lives on, uh, and he spends a lot of time hiking around there, and that mountain is called uh, Matanuska, so it's kind of funny. His name's Matt. Mad Uska. So yeah, U-S-K-A on Bandcamp. 
uh, that new album Shake is really, really, really cool. So um, yeah, please go check him out. And thank you so much, Matt, for being a Patreon subscriber. And if you want to be part of the Patreon spotlight one week, well, you got to go to Patreon and sign up. This track here that we're listening to is called Gray, and uh, I think it's my favorite track on the album, but it's it's a very, it's, I don't know, they're, they all they all sound like they're part of the same album, but they're each unique song. So uh, I'm just going to let you enjoy a little bit more of this song, and thanks again, Matt. Perfect collapse. Perfect collapse. What? What? Just walk me through the mind state as far as anything, whatever the experience was for you going into the, the the challenge. So I thought of so many times in my life that came to like this. I mean, it's really a great phrase. This like perfect collapse of what I thought was like stable or what my life was like, like. Like that there was like a routine or a pattern and then it got completely interrupted. I hit my hand on the ground three times or I got to diagnose <laughs> something. Something gets blown up. And then I think of like the white light as like mm-hmm. a restart or just kind of like a wake up call and lots of loudness. <laughs> yeah. And then, yep. and then like letting it all, you know, letting all the pieces and the dust settle until you get to like silence and you can start over. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's so poetic. That sounded great, right? Yeah, that was very well done. <laughs> I was like, oh, I like that. <laughs> That's really what I thought. I, I mean, I just pictured life and life is full of perfect collapses that lead you into the next direction. So there you go. Yeah. And gear wise, how did you, uh, did you end up using everything that you planned on using or were there any surprises? Yeah, of course I added. of course i i turned and i saw oh like okay i have this little fender let me hook it up to some really nasty distortion and like see what happens (laughs) oh nice so i don't know i don't know what that's gonna like what role that's gonna play but it was looking at me like hey i'm here too and you know i'm about to get some pedals so like earthquaker devices and lisa belladonna in my head so yeah we'll see what happens well i'll if you're looking for some pointers on pedals, I I used to be a pedal junkie. It's what Ooh. got me into it. So yeah, I've got I've got some pretty hot hot leads. If you Ooh, are uh, fantastic, yeah, if you're up for it, definitely rec- um, recovery effects does cool stuff. And after uh, the, uh, not afterneath, afterneath is the pedal from Earthquaker that I just love. Oh wow, um, neat. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, you're gonna get me going on pedals. I better not. But. Um, 
Hey, this Actually, what paychecks are for. <laughs> right? Yeah. The the Chase Bliss Audio Mood Pedal, you should check that out. That is an idea machine. It's one of the oh. craziest things I've ever messed with. I'm so glad so we're recording that, this that, because I'm going to listen to listen back and get that <laughs> get that down. Sweet. Well, I can't wait to hear uh, your perfect collapse and I can't thank you enough for joining joining us and sharing such deep personal stuff. Um, I love when the podcast gets real. It hasn't for a while. So, you know, it doesn't need to happen every time, but I'm, I'm always so excited when it does. So thank you for just sharing so much personal stuff. Thank you for creating this space for us. I mean, thank you really, really. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. It's, it's nice to hear that. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. I'm just sitting, you know, I'm sitting here at my, my kitchen table and that's where I do all this stuff. It's, it's cool (laughs) to hear, you know, I kind of get in my own head about it. So it's cool to, it's cool to hear that. So I appreciate it. Um, where should people go? (laughs) Where should people go to check out all things DJ cherish the love? I think the easiest, most efficient way, since you're probably already on it, Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Instagram at DJ Cherish the Love, and that's love spelled L-U-V, because when it was L-O-V-E, um, Instagram was like, you're one letter too long. So, okay, here comes oh. my branding. <laughs> that's what happened. So, um, yeah, DJ Cherish the Love, love spelled L-U-V. And you can Google me. There are a bunch of interesting articles about the music missionary work I do in the prison system with homeless <sighs> Young oh, I wanted to talk about that too. Oh my gosh. Can yeah. we briefly just touch on that? Yeah, let's, of course, of course. I don't mind if we go a little long. Yeah. That, that is, I'm very, and also I don't know if, I know I, I gave you, I pointed you in the, the direction of a lot of the um, the awesome women in the, the modular scene, but Alyssa DeRubis, she works with the Synth One Library. Um, you should definitely check that out, but she has done outreach with oh, uh, incarcerated youth and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, she'd it's a be very, a great person for you to chat with. Very interesting space. So I can say I, I'm very certain that some of the most talented people I've ever met are in prison. And that's okay. really painful to say because it just makes you understand, like, if you don't have an outlet and you don't have people facilitating your expression, you express in ways that could be, you know, damaging to yourself and everything around you. And mm-hmm. I am, weirdly, <laughs> resident DJ at Rikers Island Rose M. Singer Center, which is the women's prison. And, you know, wow. we, we love music. And, and I bring yeah. DJ gear there. I'm one of the few people who is allowed to bring contraband items uh, into the prison. And contraband in this case, meaning power cables, XLR cables, because you could kill a person with that. Right. So I'm trusted. And they bring me in. And I do music workshops i dj their spoken word events and i'll be bringing synths in so there you go wow yeah that's just another thing that we have to talk about next time you come on um sure so wow so again thank you i'm I'm really bad at ending shows but uh (laughs) yeah i I appreciate you coming on and everybody go check out uh all the links are in the description and uh yeah Thanks yeah, we again. can end, end the show with a perfect collapse. I think it makes perfect sense. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> How about that episode? That's one for the books. We went deep on that one, tugged on the heartstrings. Um, thank you, Cherish, so much for sharing all that personal stuff. So cool. Um, 
Don't forget Velocity's coming up October 5th. It's going to be super fun. Don't forget to check out Needham Woodworks and the Disting Mark IV. All those firmware updates that keep coming. New stuff. Super cool stuff. Uh, the Mood from uh, Chase Bliss Audio. Dirty Murals from Recovery Effects. So much cool gear right now. Um, thank you to all the Patreon subscribers. You guys mean the world to me. And uh, let's get into Cherish Maloran's Perfect Collapse. Until next week. <laughs>